10 minutes after 11 o'clock, that was Ting Ting by Vusum Klongo as well as Midnight by 3.40. Preceding that, as we took a little bit of a break this hour uh, in what would have been our news bulletin time slot. Uh, but we begin the open line here on Night Talk. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in, for listening. Really do appreciate it. What is on your mind this evening? Give me a call. 086-000-2032. Perhaps you want to reflect on the conversations we had in the first hour of the show. Perhaps you want to inscribe something entirely new into the public, uh, you know, inscribe into the South African conversation, the South African debate. Uh, lots of people are spending time with their families around uh, the Bry, um, around the TV. Perhaps they're debating the state of the country. Perhaps they're discussing the things that happened to them this particular year, what they're grateful for, um, and just how it went throughout the year. What are those conversations like? Share them here with us. 86 0 2032 Before I go to the lines, I want to ask you this. You know, usually the holiday time is a time where, uh, you know, you Things slow down a little bit. Perhaps you're not working anymore. You're on leave. Perhaps you are with family, kids, and you guys get to just watch movies and catch up on things and read. I want to know from you, what are you currently watching? It may be on TV. It may be on one of the streaming platforms. What are you currently watching that's entertaining you? What are you reading at the moment? Uh, I'll tell you, <laughs> I went book shopping the other day. I went to Exclusive Books, and I bought a series of bunch of new books. I'm going to tell you what I bought, what I'm reading at the moment. Um, and then I'll tell you uh, why I bought those particular books. I'll tell you what I'm, uh, I found particularly intriguing about them. What are you listening to? What are you watching? What are you reading this holiday season? We'd love to hear from you about that. Give me a call, 086-000-2032. Let's go to the lines. Let's start with Denise out in the Western Cape. Denise, good evening. Good evening, um, 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 Oliver. Uh, the earlier topic you have about the pregnancy and the maternity wards. Mm. Uh, uh, the third of my year, uh, this year, my my grandson was born by a C-section. Mm. Yeah, in a local uh, hospital. And then, on the day, uh, it was the, the, the second day I went to the hospital, he was feeding. And then there was a girl, a young girl, I guess her age was 17 or 18. And then the, the, the nurse said to her, she must go home. And she said she can't, she's going to sit in labor. And when I opened the door to this ward where my grandson was in, and then the girl um, 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 uh, um, was in labor, and she bent on her knees and she gave birth to, the, uh, uh, to a baby. But nevertheless, my, that was, my grandson was born on the third day in the morning. By a C-section. Mm. And then, a week, he was released three days after he was, uh, after you, uh, you was born. Mm. And then, about a w- the next week, he was a week old, then he stopped breathing. My goodness. And we rushed, it was into the hospital and in the ambulance and uh, to go to Somerset Hospital. Mm. And Somerset Hospital said he got a serious infection that he catch here by us at the Thai hospital. Oh, my goodness. And he was uh, a week old. And um, he stayed there for four days under drip and, and antibiotics and stuff. But the chest is not... It's, it's still bad for me, but he's breathing. Mm. 
And then a week after that, his mother, the mother said, the officer they give her injection. And a week of, uh, two weeks after that, she stopped because she can't walk. She got paralyzed in the one side, the left side. Oh, my goodness. And that, uh, okay, she went back to her hospital. And the, hospital, the doctor said to her, you know what? They gave you injection and this injection form a clot in your main artery. Oof. And um, they said they're going to keep her there for some time, for a couple of days. And then she said, uh, this, this injected, she didn't sign for the injection. Mm. They gave it to her and the doctor said, why she a little late? She could have died. Mm. Because this uh, clot is so big, she can't even, uh, 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 she was in a, in a wheelchair, wheelchair bound for that time in the hospital. Mm. But this is how they treat the pregnant people at um, 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 this local hospital. It's not right. Mm, 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 the mm. must not stay with that for the rest of his life. And he's only seven months old now. But, but this chest problem is still there. And his mother's... And it, uh, so the infection hasn't been cured? Your grandson's infection. Every time he gets infection, infection in his chest. I don't know why, but they said he catches the germ by the hospital where he was born. Mm. They didn't clean the hospital um, 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 the right way and so on. Oh, my goodness. So I just want to share that story. Denise, oh, there's lots thank of you. the stories. And yeah. I'm, okay, thank you. Yeah, no, it, it, there's a lot of these stories, and I'm so glad that you shared yours. Look, uh, I really, really hope that your daughter and your grandson uh, will be okay and that they will make a full recovery. This this is incredibly I heartbreaking. Also, Oliver. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Denise, thank thanks you a lot for your call. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Denise calling us here from the Western Cape. Give me a call, 086-000-2032, 086-000-2032. Let's speak to Peter out in Limbopo. Peter, good evening. Uh, evening. Go ahead, Peter. What's on your mind tonight, sir? Yeah, I want to say something in connection with uh, your last uh, guest there who was talking about uh, soldiers, uh, not, not, uh, uh, soldiers uh, not uh, needed to patrol the, 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 the country. Yeah. I would like to disagree with him because uh, during the COVID uh, in 2020, the president... Uh, uh, declared the total lockdown and then after realizing that no the people were were disrespecting the police he he deployed the soldiers and they did a good job although they killed some few people there very few i uh, i think it is better than uh, what should have happened if the soldiers were not there meaning that the more people should have died of corona more more people than the people who were shot by the soldiers. Mm. So in the yeah in the American language they call that yeah but collateral. I mean yeah sure. So there's one thing to say. Look, uh, the soldiers had did a good thing by uh, you know uh, what do you call it enforcing the curfew regulations during COVID. But did they need to kill people while doing it? It's seemingly not the case. I mean, some of those killings were just mind-blowing, right? I mean, they went into a man's yard, killed him in his own yard. He wasn't in the street. He was in his yard. And the military killed him in his yard. Yeah, I, I know about that. Uh, uh, that is the 
an isolated incident. It's not an isolated so, incident. It, it's actually quite common. That's what the litigation report tells us. Yeah, but if you can give me time to, to, to ventilate myself. In, in America, it is called a collateral damage. The, uh, uh, those people who were killed are collateral damage. I'm not trying to, to be... Collateral heartless, damage yeah. to what? Because we're not at war. No, uh, people dying there. People being killed by soldiers. Sure, and in war, we can talk about collateral damage because there are two combating sides. We're not at war. There's no two combating sides here. What are they collateral to? Yeah, my point of departure is that, no, uh, the people who were killed by soldiers were going to be less than the people who were going to be killed by corona if the president did not uh, uh, deploy the soldiers. No, I hear your point. I agree with you. However, the point I'm making is that people did not need to die due to soldiers killing them in the first instance. Yeah, but it's the same uh, even in the SAPS. Some people ca can be killed uh, mistakenly. What do you call it? Look, I, I, this is not about killing in self-defense, right? Uh, you know, some police officers may claim, look, I shot an assailant because they were shooting at me or they were attacking me, right? That we can understand, that that was open fire combat. No one was shooting at the, at the police, uh, at, the, at the soldiers. No one. No one was attacking the soldiers. Yet people somehow still died. How do you how do you make sense of that, Peter? Yeah, that is not right. But uh, okay. what I was what I was trying to say was that no, the the, the damage was minimum uh, rather than what should have happened had the soldiers not been deployed. Yeah, this is it's not a trade off, right? It's not one or the other. You could literally have both, where you have soldiers doing their work in a humane way and not kill people. It's not like you have to have one or the other. Yeah, but no, then we cannot uh, blame blame them to such an extent because uh, those killings were uh, minimal. They were meaning that they they were very few. Okay. And, uh, yeah. No, I disagree with you, but I take your point. Thanks a lot, Peter. Thanks. Appreciate it. Peter calling us there from Limpopo. Uh, let's speak to Felicity. Felicity is calling us from Pretoria. Felicity, good evening. Good evening, Oliver. Are you well? I'm fantastic, Felicity. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Oliver, mm. I'd like us to talk about toxic motherhood. What's that? Um, I don't know how to define it, really, but I was listening to your conversation on obstetric, obstetric uh, violence mm. and it just dawned on me that childbirth is such a sacred thing but more often than not you'd find a boy child being poisoned by his mother instead of the father and when I say poison I mean being influenced and that influence is not oh so you don't mean actual chemical child. poisoning okay no no I mean why would you raise a person and then just them all of this nonsense and just make them angry and toxic. Angry you know, in what way? In, so in what way do you... High, we've got such a high rate of gender-based violence in, in the country and when we talk about perpetrators, we normally focus on men because that's where the bigger numbers are. But sometimes you don't look at how the influence that women have on the boy children is what can later lead to 
a man being like this. Here's an example, Oliver. Many, there are many organizations that are formed, and the intention behind those organizations is to make sure that somebody like Oliver can go and mentor a boy child who doesn't have a father and, and, and. Mm. We know how, how sacred the relationship between a father and a boy child is. But you find that if I'm fighting with Oliver, Oliver is not going to, 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 to have access to, to his child because I say no, and I'm the primary caregiver. But tomorrow, when I want Oliver's money, I'm going to run to the court. And these are things that make many, most men believe that the law is always on the side of the woman. So when I talk about mothers being toxic, I'm also referring to, I don't know which year, but I'm, it's, it's within the past four years. The HSRC had conducted a study and they spoke about how children's first exposure to violence is from women, whether it be the mother or the grandmother. Mm. But they also explain that this is also because of discipline. You know, when you start to discipline a child, but isn't that just a isn't that just a statistical coincidence, right? So I, I, I suppose I suppose it is, but this is this is where we I'm, I'm getting it. Um, I'm thinking about this issue of women and mothers who are toxic, especially at this time of the year. You know, Oliver, there are men who are fighting to see their children, but because they they are not employed or they cannot provide according to the woman's standard. These men will be denied access to their children. But come this time of the year, these children will be shipped off to the father, and the expectation is that they'll come So what I find particularly interesting, right, is let's speak into the analogy that you're raising, is a, a, a mother would often, let's say it's separated parents, a mother would often take... Um, the father to maintenance court and, and you know get a maintenance order against him you know that's typically how the acrimony of of, of uh, fractured co-parenting takes place right okay. uh, it's quite clear to mothers that there's recourse for them they can go to court the funny thing is men can access the courts as well if the, if the mother of your child is keeping you away from your child she's obviously breaking the law Right? Why are men not going to family court either? And also maybe saying, and also to, saying, maybe we need to hear from men, Oliver, men who have gone that route, that family court route, and then they can give us their experience. Because um, you will often hear women talk about their experiences with family court and the processes they had to go through in order to maybe get something like a garnishing order, you know. It happens there are men who will spend fortunes to run away from paying maintenance instead of paying their the, the, the maintenance. But I think maybe men should also speak up. The more men speak up about it. Look, and I'm not saying it doesn't happen, right? I'm not year. saying that there aren't mothers who, who do this, and I'm pretty sure that there are, uh, and I'm pretty sure it's in large numbers, right? But all I'm saying is that uh, we're not a society without recourse. We're, it's not a helpless situation. Do you get what I'm saying? We, you say that it's not a helpless situation because you know where to go and you wouldn't dare find yourself in such a situation. I would say it's not a helpless situation as well. But 
what would a man who feels helpless, who has tried something, what would what would their experience be? What would they say to us? And the men who say the courts favor the women, what is their experience with the the, the maternal family, um, the child's maternal family? What is their experience with the courts and the office of the family advocate? Men need to speak up and share those things. So just to round it off, Oliver, this is that time of the year when, you know, uh, everybody's happy to be spending time with family. Kids will be with their parents. Some kids will be visiting. But somewhere out there, there's a child who will not see his father, no matter how much he's missing his father. But just because his father doesn't have money for stationery and doesn't have money to buy Christmas clothes, that father is not going to see this child. And it was not something that was revealed a week ago or two months ago that there's no money. That child's been denied access to the father for the entire year because the father doesn't have a job. So therefore, if they don't have a job, they're not good enough to father. But come this time Uh of the year, we want something from them. What are you saying to this man? Now you're putting him under pressure. He hasn't seen his children or his child for almost 11 months. So is he not the one who's going to go jam our cars at the parking lot? Is he not the one who's not going to go and pickpocket just to try and make a quick buck? Because now uh, um, you are saying that if you don't have anything for the children, you won't see them. Why do we have such high crime rates in December? We normally have high crime rates, but why do they become higher in December? Because okay. men need to provide for their children because there are pressures out there. I mean, yeah, we spe- we're speculating about that mother. particular link, but, but it, well, sure. It, it, maybe it, it, you, if you put, uh, put it as one of the reasons, could be a faction, you know, but it, it does fall under one of the reasons. And also there's cultural practices. Oliver's got money to give me. Oliver's got a thousand rand to give me for a baby, but Oliver doesn't have 15,000 rand for Rintlaulo and to slaughter a goat yeah. and to lobola the child. Therefore, Oliver mustn't see the child. But should he miss a monthly payment, we threaten him with maintenance on Oliver. So I think sometimes some of these things that we do to the boy child as women, we think that they don't see it. We deprive them of a relationship with the other men in their life. And once they put two and two together and they grow, they start having this resentment for women or they start belittling women and start thinking that, you know, some will say about when they think about what it is that, that they've been through or some of the things that they could have been taught. Um, having also done some work at the correctional service, I've, I've spoken to many young men who say, you know, had my father been around, I think I wouldn't find myself in such a situation. Had my father been around, had my mother given my father access to me, had my mother just wanted my father to have something in his pocket. Now I'm here in jail, and my father's not even seen the back of a police desk. Okay. Um, That's an interesting perspective. Thank you so much for that. Appreciate it. I know women are going to be upset with me. (laughs) Yeah. Sure. Felicity, yeah. thank you so much for your call. Appreciate it. Give me a call. 86 uh, 86 Let's speak to uh, Sandile. Sandile is calling us from Peter Marisburg. Sandile, good evening. 
How's it, Oliver? I'm fantastic, sir. Go right ahead. You know, you know the the caller you just spoken to has nearly persuaded me to change what I was uh, going to talk about because I'm exactly in the same boat. <clears throat> but mm. maybe I'll I'll just bring it in at the end. Sure. Uh, that being in that same boat as what you was explaining. You know, uh, the topic you had uh, in the first hour, it just reminded me of 2009 when I was due to have my first child. And unfortunately, my partner, we, we lost the child and the child was still born. So we went oh to the goodness, hospital. I'm so sorry about and that. Then, thanks. And then the hospital said she should wait. I think we waited like two, two or three weeks with the child growing in the with the child in the womb while no longer alive. Uh, <clears throat> and luckily nothing got wrong. Mm. But then in 2010, we we had the similar problem. But now in 2010, what happened is uh, she she delivered the child. After delivering, the nurses just didn't you know didn't have that the that time of being around her and stuff. And she needed to use the bathroom. She actually collapsed in the bathroom. Oh my goodness! Oh. I don't know how long, up until other patients told the nurses that no, she lost. She was lost in the bathroom. After two days, after that, they they discharged her from the hospital, and she had to be readmitted, you know, because of the same problem of being dizzy and stuff like that. She lost a lot of blood. So, where I'm trying to go with this is, you know. Uh, that that documentary, I think, it's going to bring out a lot of things, inclusive of the fact, uh, because I I heard something of being short-staffed of nurses, but also nurses are negligent at times. And especially, because Sanjali is calling from a, a perspective of being a blind person, and my partner then she was also blind yeah so you'll always have that negligence towards a person with a disability uh help workers have this thing which says why when have you needed to get pregnant were you raped you know there's, there's all these funny funny questions which are being asked and people are just not getting it through their heads that disabled people are, are are normal people. There's nothing wrong with them, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I I, I wish I, I I wish that lady maybe in the if she would produce another documentary if she can also go uh, through the the disability issue as well. So. Quickly, let me just take this part of being in the same boat as the lady who spoke before me. You know, I have a 
I don't see her because I don't work. Yeah. Uh, with her mom, she was my, my first partner. We were yeah. married and unfortunately we divorced. And when we divorced, she stayed with the child. And when I do have whatever I have, I do support the child. But eventually, uh, I lost my job. And then... Uh, I'm, I'm so sorry year, about that. I got a child. I, I got a two-month, two-week baby right now. So... Is this is this a third child? I beg your pardon? Is this a third child? It's the third child that's living, yeah. Two months, two weeks, sorry. Two months, two weeks, yeah. Two months, two weeks. Congratulations to you and your your partner. Thank you very much. Mm. So my first partner, you know, she makes sure that I feel it, that I'm not working. I only get to see the child if I will have money for the child. If I don't have money, I don't see the child. There's a new new method that she has now. She she's doing a learnership in my area yeah. where I stay. Yeah. So now what she does, she'll bring the child, the twelve year old, uh, to work, and then she'll send the twelve year old to come and see me, knowing very well that I can't. There's nothing that I can provide to the child. During the month, does 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 she does, she does she have a job? Does she have a form of she, income? Yeah, she's she's on a membership and she also receives the disability grant. Okay. And child support grant. So if it's not like the first week of the month where I have disability grant, mm, mm, there's mm. nothing I can do. Sorry, I just, I just, oh. I just, I just want to ask. Uh, maybe we 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 missed that uh, piece of information. Uh, Sunday, uh, do you live with a disability? Yes, I'm blind. Oh, you're blind. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. Yeah. So if it's not that first week of the month where I have the disability grant, and and you know now things are so 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 you use your disability grant to take care of your children. Yeah. Okay. But then she would expect more Mm. on Mm. top of whatever I send. The child. And I can't imagine that it's easy for you to get a job as 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 a visually impaired person. Ah, South Africa is so hard, Oliver. You know, I, I'm even on I'm, I'm on antidepressants currently. You're on antidepressants. Yeah, from at least last year, November. Mm. Has yeah. it been helpful? And it does because now I'm. I'm bold enough to even see the sun, the sunshine. <laughs> there was a time where it was so difficult yeah. to even walk out of my bedroom. Mm. You know, there was a time where I was so even immune to pain, where if I'm doing ironing or whatever, if the iron falls on my hand, it will take me a very long time to feel the pain. There's something hot here. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Yeah, but with God's grace. Mm, mm. Yeah, but it is very hard. I w- I wouldn't lie. And that lady, the one that just spoke before me, mm, Felicity, she just yeah. hit it on the head. You know, we we men at times, 
And you, you were asking about family court. Nina, to be realistic, I, I didn't know that there is such recourse. But I also have, I have this thing in my mind where it says, I'll approach that court and then the court will say that. So, so wait, have have you been to family court or is... No, is, I haven't. You haven't. I, I, I was okay. not aware of it. Oh, you were not aware I'm of also, it. Okay. Yeah. And then I also, I just had, because the way people who were telling me that there are places which you can go to, but I thought maybe it was like, you know, social workers or what, what. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe they'll ask me questions like, how would you be able to take care of it? Yeah, but but I mean, speaking to a social worker can be incredibly, incredibly helpful because one, they will be able to assist you with the right psychosocial support and familial support, but they'll also be able to tell you about the recourse, um, especially with the acrimony between you and the mother of your child, how to, uh, what sort of recourse you would have for that. Unfortunately, I think the social workers I interacted with at uh, my hospital. Mm. Uh, one, they had, you know, you, you know, let's say as you are there at the SABC and then they are fond of your manager or the station manager. And then when you come yeah. in as a client, they will want to speak to you regarding, you know, it, it just, seemed to me as if they were more supportive of my previous employer. But mm. the person who was helpful was my psychologist. I won't lie. And how often, how often do you see your psychologist? Uh, now it's, it's been reduced to like after three months. Okay. Once every so quarter. in turn I'll be seeing her. Okay. Yeah, Sanile, thanks a lot for your call, man. Thank you for pouring your heart out, for sharing your story so vulnerably with us. I, I, and sharing your thoughts, by the way, on where our conversation had started. I really, really do appreciate it. And I, I can't begin to imagine, you know, the, the relief you must feel given the breakthrough you've made um, mentally, but also the frustration, anger, and, and disparity you must be feeling, uh, you know, especially this time of the year. When it comes to uh, the, the the acrimony you have with the mother of your uh, of of your daughter and, and and you know how difficult that must be to navigate. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks. I really appreciate that you shared this with me, man. Thanks, Oliver. Thanks a lot, Sandile. Really. Bye. Thanks a lot. Have a good evening. Cheers.